Hello, welcome to Christmas Actually with Luke Allen and Lara Collier, the podcast that takes a look at the Richard Curtis film Love Actually, one day at a time. It's Wednesday, the 2nd of December, actually, and I'm joined today with our, uh, my co-host, Lara Collier. Hello! And our two special guests, once again, guests who don't know each other, Ethan O'Mahony. Hello. And Katie Proctor. Hello. So, the reason this episode is likely shorter is we've just had an hour of technical difficulties. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, hopefully, if you're hearing this, listener, then it's worked out. <laughs> so uh, in the end. <laughs> yes um so uh very briefly who are each of you what do you do where may the listeners know you uh shall i go first katie or yeah go for like it to? wonderful so my name is ethan mahoney uh i am a musician who coincidentally did the music for this podcast mm-hmm. and that's literally all to me that you need to know so yeah, you did the soundtrack for Unstable, which I keep mentioning on like every two minutes about time, yes. uh, because I keep plugging I that film. Indeed. And uh, you did the two minutes about time theme, of course, as well, which is just a beautiful piece of music. Um, yeah. Ethan's my go-to music guy, really. I message him and I'm like, hey, <laughs> can you do a cover of this song for this show? And then rather and then quickly... it takes me back, months to actually do it until he messaged well, me and is like, oh, yeah, I've no, done but the this about piece. Time, the about time one you took a day on, and then with this one, I'd forgotten, and then I messaged you, and then like within 24 hours you'd sent it to me. So that's a pretty good rate. So if anyone wants to hire a musician on their project, get in touch with Ethan O'Mahony. How could they get in touch with you? Oh, well, get in, get, in touch with, uh, get in touch with Luke, and then you can get in touch with me. That's a good idea. Luke at LukeAllen.co.uk. It's my email address. Yes. There we go. Katie, where can... Well, not, mm-mm. Katie, where... <laughs> who are you? <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Katie. I'm primarily an actor. Um, I do TV acting, but I'm also a poet. Um, my first book came out in August this year. So, yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. So it's a good book. I got it lovely on my bookshelf next to me. Oh, so, amazing. So, yeah. Um, on my tiny, tiny section of books by people I know, which is... <laughs> um so random listener if you've written a book get in touch with me so i know you and then i'll buy it and put it on my shelf (laughs) get a spot on luke shelf 2020 (laughs) unless it's an expensive book and then yeah i probably won't but so ethan you haven't seen love actually not the entire film no this is possibly the first and maybe only person with this perspective because as with about time it was not as well known a film, whereas Love Actually is like a a Christmas classic. So, what did you think of the of this scene before we slide into it? Uh, well, as we've uh, as we talked before we started recording, uh, I already knew that it was going to jump around a fair bit. But when I first watched it, I was very confused. I was like, "Do these people know each other in any way, shape, or form?" So it confused me just to just to look at five minutes mm. of it in no context whatsoever. But... It all ties up in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was my general consensus. So... Generally confusing but funny as well. So, Katie, it, briefly, what's your experience with Love Actually? 
Um, so I can't actually remember when I first watched it. I reckon it was, I definitely watched it last year. So I, I reckon it was probably sometime last year before Christmas. Um, it was definitely after I watched About Time for the first time. Ah. My family was just like, love actually. It's the logical step. I don't know why. Um, I think it was also partially because I watched a lot of Hugh Grant films and obviously Hugh Grant's in it. So, um, I just ended up watching it and yeah, loved it christmas classic also just like a classic full stop like i'll watch it whenever <laughs> like, not even oh no yeah christmas. well because christmas was such a late addition in the script like most of the film yeah. was decided and written before christmas came about whilst it's a christmas classic i've watched it in the middle of the year i watched it on a summer holiday last year it's great i'm pretty i'm pretty sure it airs on tv in the middle of the year sometimes as well yeah. so yeah um so we open in um the prime minister's office i believe right <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. I, I, I've prepared the notes for the past for the, like this episode and the next one, so I might get slightly mixed up. We open in the prime minister's office, and he's talking to. He, he invites Natalie in, and uh, he says he's starting to feel uncomfortable about us working in such pro, in such close proximity every day, and me knowing so little about you. It seems elitist and wrong. And she says, "Well, there's not that much to know. Well, um, where do you live, for instance, Wandsworth?" The dodgy end. Ah, my sister lives in Wandsworth. Ah, so which end exactly is the dodgy end? Right at the end of the High Street, Harris Street, near the Queen's Head. And of course, this all comes back at the end of the film, which is lovely payoff there. Um, I don't know how much how much spoiling are you would would you appreciate, Ethan? Uh, well, I don't know when I intend to watch it. So, spoil ahead, my friend. So in the big romantic gesture part of this, where everyone's romantic gestures are happening at the same time, the Prime Minister goes to find Natalie by heading to Wandsworth, the dodgy end, and knocking on every single door until he finds her. <laughs> I love her. that part. <laughs> it's, it's, a good, it's a good scene. Um, and he says, right, yes, that is dodgy. And then he starts questioning her about whether she's got a boyfriend. And she said, no, she was well shot of him because he said she was getting fat. He said, no one can fancy a girl with thighs the size of tree trunks. Not a nice guy, actually, in the end. There's a lot of fat-shaming in this film around her story that has always just felt slightly wrong. It's so upsetting, honestly. Mm. She deserves so much better. So, Ethan, what do you think of this exchange, having no knowledge of who any of these people are? Did you get that he was the Prime Minister? Uh, I kind of figured he was someone important. I didn't figure he was actually the most important guy in the country perhaps well actually there uh, is a line from... apparently at the end where he says he's the prime minister so there we go <laughs> yeah no i know i, I realized that like after i saw it but from like when i first loaded it up hmm. uh yeah i think when you realize he's a prime minister it adds a whole new layer of yeah ah uh and like from the way i from the way i saw it it was very uh ah uh, what's the word I can't think of the word. Uh, but <laughs> very awkward, that's it. There we go. Mm. Uh, between the two of them, because obviously, now that I know he's the Prime Minister, uh, the lady was obviously looking at him like, ah, well, he's obviously trying to uh, talk to me about my life, but like, he's like miles away in the tops of the uh, political system, so... It was very, very yeah. funny just to see him try and uh, manoeuvre himself in that situation. 
Mm, a couple of weeks ago, Robert came on and complained about the power dynamic between them and how it's a very unhealthy relationship, yeah. which I think makes sense. He said that Jack and Judy are the only, um, the only like genuine good relationship in the film. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I do think I, I've never thought about it like that before. But um, looking like back on the scene, I did think from her perspective, like. Obviously, it's Jet. He's being genuine. He just likes her and wants to take an interest. But like, it could come across as kind of condescending. Um, so yeah, and yeah. like, you wouldn't want to say no to him, would you? Exactly. <laughs> like, especially. So go to this joke that he has in a minute, right? Where he says, "You know, um, being prime minister, I could just have him murdered." That's mm. that's a good joke. But then, if you think that even jokingly, he has the power to do something like that. <laughs> You yeah. wouldn't want to say no to him, would you? So there is no. a definitely dangerous power dynamic here. Um, yeah, so I've got a comment here that Richard Curtis commented on the commentary that he once knew a guy who worked for the SAS and they were at a dinner party with him and he fell asleep after dinner and everyone was afraid to wake him, not knowing like wow. how he would respond. <laughs> so they just went and yeah. got his wife. So I thought that was a, an interesting note to bring up. Yeah. Have we any other comments on this exchange with um, the Prime Minister and with Natalie? Or should we go straight into Daniel and Sam? In fact, Lara, you haven't said. What do you think of this exchange with the Prime Minister and Natalie? It's sweet, but it's so sweet that I think, like, my teeth have gone rotten. Like, I don't know. I just think it's too <laughs> lovey-dovey for people who are just not together. And I get the whole, like, dynamic thing. is like, it's good and bad. But, like, I'm not going to lie. It kind of just annoys me because I'm just sat there like... No. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that worked. And I think it's a good point that... Um, to bring up once again what Robert said a couple of weeks ago, is he said that he felt like this film was Richard Curtis saying that rom-coms are overdone and kind of taking the mick out of the, the tropes and the genres. So if that is what he's doing, then I appreciate this scene in that way because it makes you kind of think think about these things in a weird light. Um and when you look at it with that angle, it does, like, the film stands on a completely different level when you think of it as sort of taking the mick of the rom-com genre. But, so we move on to Daniel and Sam, who are honestly my favourite part of the film. I think their story is the best bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent today seeing whether I could turn their story into a short film, just, like, cutting their scenes out and making, like, a half-hour film just on them. And you can. And it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Their story holds up really well. Luke, do me a favour, send it to me. I will. It's gonna. It's rendering tonight and then I will send it over to you. So, uh, yeah, so I really like this, this, this whole scene with Daniel and Sam um, where uh, they talk about... <laughs> uh, am I on the right part? Yes, I am. Yeah, okay, sorry. I was getting a bit confused <laughs> once again because I prepared the notes. Because we recorded this slightly out of order, I prepared the notes for last episode at the same time as I prepared the notes for this episode so I was like we haven't got to this part of the film yet but yeah we have so we're at the bit where Daniel is talking with Sam about his love for Joanna I love this bit yeah what 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 do you get out of this Ethan I mean does it does it seem like an interesting snippet of a story to you about a, a dad helping his son pursue the girl of his dreams uh well from personal experience, I find that dads are uh, extremely helpful when it comes to girls, mm. <laughs> uh, because 
they obviously know a lot about them. They've had kids, so obviously, you know. Uh, and I think the way that uh, Daniel, I think it was, handled it uh, was very... Uh, he seemed like he didn't really have that much uh, experience and knowledge to share uh, with his son. So that, that for me made it very funny because, as in the previous scene, it was very awkward for me to watch. So uh, to slightly spoil the very start of the film, um, Sam's mum and Daniel's wife died. And, like, so I guess Daniel's rather out of practice. In this. <laughs> yeah. Could say that. Um, and it, it's quite, yeah, it's quite nice and, and sweet. And what we find out later on is that Joanna... The name of this girl is the same name as his mum and it's sort of like the real parallels there but also they do that in about time i've only just realized this <laughs> yeah. so, like is that a thing that like richard curtis experienced because i don't think emma's his mum's name but maybe there's some sort of someone he knows who ended up with someone who has the same name as their mother and wanted yeah, to do i never realized like that. that actually yeah, it seems so blatant and obvious that. now but i never yeah. thought about it <laughs> no neither would i um and we don't actually see Joanna until the very end of the film. So we... No, I'll save my notes when we get to that part. Um, but I do like this exchange. And, I mean, Ethan, was um, anyone in the cast in these scenes like a particular surprise to you that they were in this film? Uh, hmm. Well, in the next scene, uh, I was not expecting it to jump into people as famous as that and then uh in the chat between daniel and sam i think it was yeah whoever is the little boy i believe it is sam i don't know their names because i've yeah, never Sam's seen the little film. boy yeah, yeah. <laughs> sam's little boy he looks really familiar to me and i can't imagine why it's probably a film i've what is it maze runner he is in the maze he runner. Looks yeah. Like, runner. looks like oh, loops yeah he's actually yeah. nanny mcfee He's in an episode of Doctor Who, and I'm pretty yeah. sure he's Ferb in Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, he is. He's in uh, Harry Potter and the Fantastic Beasts, isn't he? Or is that Maybe. just me? I think so. Yeah. I haven't seen that, Fantastic Beasts. The Beast, actor who yeah. played Ferb was the actor who played oh, really? Harry Potter in Thingy. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know you hadn't you hadn't seen it. That's I, I, I like the Fantastic Beasts, but I don't remember much about it. But I, Thomas Sangster is a good actor who seems to have hardly aged. Between <laughs> That's this one film. of the weirdest yeah. things ever. I know. He's like thirty now. Yeah, that's why I was really surprised to see him in the uh, in the snippets because uh, I just wasn't expecting him to be that small. <laughs> Yet still has the exact same face. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he doesn't. He he doesn't have Fantastic Beasts on his IMDb, so that wasn't him, I guess. Hmm. That was Eddie Redmayne. Oh, that's probably why then. <laughs> I get confused. I haven't even seen these it, days. mate. <laughs> I know. I'm genuinely surprised that you haven't seen it, though. Is there any reason you've chosen not to watch it? Or? No, no, no. I haven't chosen not to watch it. I just haven't had the chance to watch it. Anyway, so Sam says. She doesn't even know my name. And even if she did, she despised me. She's the coolest girl in school and everyone worships her because she's heaven. Honestly. And then Daniel right, says, good, good. Well, wait, hang on. I know I'm, I'm stopping you there, but like, can I just point out how much people or kids could probably relate to that? Like, I relate to that. 
Just like if she knew my name, she probably she just she wouldn't want to know me. Honestly, I'm just like that's like same. And I I quite like where this story ends, like towards the end of the film. Yeah. There is no implication whatsoever that they get together. She gives him a kiss on the cheek, and he meets her at the airport afterwards, and they leave it there. And I think that's quite sweet. Definitely, because we don't know if they're friends or if they're more than friends. Well, it's a bit... um, Have you seen My Girl? Nope. No. To our listeners who've seen My Girl, it's a bit like My Girl. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good film. Macaulay Culkin's in it, and he dies in the film because he's been stung by bees. Alright yeah. then, what a way nice. to go. It's 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 a whole thing about like these this like boy and girl who they're I think they're like ten or eleven and they've got you can tell that there's some sort of like romantic chemistry there, but they're ten or eleven. There's not like much else and then he ends up dying and like she's upset, obviously. And it's a very sad but lovely emotional film that I've just spoiled, but I recommend to all <laughs> listeners who haven't seen my girl. My Girl 2 is alright, but the, the first My Girl is a classic. So, Daniel uses a word in a moment that we don't repeat on the show, but that is what uh, Sam supposedly is. Wait, doesn't he say, oh yeah, well, you're fucked? Pretty much, he says, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, the way he delivers it, it's quite sweet, because he's treating his son like an adult. Yeah. Mm. And I think, considering what his son has had to go through, yeah, like obviously with the losing the mum and everything, it's it's the perfect dynamic between them. It, they they he needs that that level of respect, and yeah, I think that works there because I guess in losing his mum, he's kind of become an adult. Mm. Yeah, too early kind of thing. Hmm. So we move on to Billy Mac being interviewed by Anton Deck. Woo! Sorry. I love this bit. <laughs> A, Ant and Deck don't seem to have aged either. That's so true. They really have not. I love Ant and Deck, just saying. And this does, this scene does contain, um, this scene does contain the line which apparently has the, had like the biggest laugh out of all the other jokes during the... Um, <laughs> oh, I know which line you're on it. about as well. Yeah, it's, it's my favourite joke in the film, I think. Same. Um, so uh, let, let's see. Ethan, Katie, take a guess as to what the, the greatest joke in this film is. Little hint, it doesn't work with American audiences. Uh, uh, I'm having a mind blank now. I hate this. Is it, <laughs> is it by chance the, uh, the uh, kids don't do drugs? Uh, if you put no. a pop star, I'll give it to you for free. No. It's not. It is not. It's when um it's when it's when Billy says, Yes, I have Ant or Deck. It's great. So good. Was that was that the is that the one you expected it to be, Lara? Yes. <laughs> so film critic Mark Kermode says it's his favourite joke in the film. I think he might have said it's his favourite joke in any Richard Curtis film. Oh wow. Which is like fair enough. It's a good joke because I think all of us have kind of like, if you're watching anything presented by Anton Deck, unless you're, like, a super Anton Deck fan, it's kind of like, Woo-hoo. which one's which? Yeah. Like, they don't look the same, but you only see them together. So you, you never, <laughs> like, separate them. Obviously, there was that short period where you didn't see them together, but even then, I can't remember. Who <laughs> that is such a British thing as well. It doesn't work for American audiences at all. So to American listeners, I guess we haven't said. Ant and Deck present basically everything on television. 
I'm not quite sure where they came from. They were in like a TV show, weren't they? They were in like what was it called? It's where they're on they like Britain's Got Talent or something. Yeah, they do that, but they they were like actors, I think, or were they singers? I don't know. I don't know actually. I just love them because they're funny, and I like them on I'm a Celebrity. They're great on I'm a Celeb. I know they're so funny. I don't think I've ever properly watched I'm a Celeb, to be honest. The best I season, watched it full right, stop. I think the best season was the one in 2015 with, um, like, Lady Colin Campbell, Vicky Patterson. Um, yes, that one's really that, good. That was one of the greatest years because there was so much drama because of Lady C. The amount of times <laughs> I just wanted to reach through the screen and just, like, strangle that woman. Honestly, that's uh, what makes it so supposed... good, though. <laughs> yeah, the drama. Yeah, I don't know who any of these people, people are. are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's so exactly. good. That's, that's the thing with I'm a Celebrity for me, is I could walk past them in the street. I, they're like, I'm I a know what you I'm mean. Like, are you? That's what I'm like at the yeah. start. So are like, you a celebrity you, or are you just someone they've pulled up from the streets, really? <laughs> Literally. How, how do we know? I swear the same thing the happens only person like, Strictly every year as well. Yeah, it's yeah. Strictly, well, Strictly, I think, tends to have, like, one person you've heard. Yeah. yeah. I don't watch it, but I tend to be like, oh, they're in it. So this year's Bill Bailey. And I was like, mm. I think we all know who Bill Bailey is. I don't. I hope. He's awesome. Yeah, Bill Bailey okay. is. Yeah. He's, he's, he was in a sick, he was in a load of things. I know him from Black Books, which is well, great. Yeah, scene. Black Books right. is brilliant, good, yeah. The only Strictly Come Dancing, like, season I fully watched was the one with Joe Sugg. I think that was about the point I stopped watching. Yes. Yeah, I, just, I only watched it because of Joe Sugg. Thing is, the thing with Joe Sugg, right, I respect him, you know, I think what he's what he does and doing is great, but TV and media seem, seem to be that little bit behind. Like, Joe Sugg was relevant about... Four or five yeah. years before they suddenly were like, let's start putting Joe Sugg in everything. Leave him now, alone, he's this... still relevant. <laughs> I remember really enjoying his content, but I also haven't heard anyone mention him, except when they're suddenly popping him on Strictly. Yeah, no, and... I agree. I remember like him like hitting his peak when like all of the like the British YouTubers in that sort of clan were like really famous. I think that was like maybe... He did that Joe and Casper hit the road. That was pretty good. Yeah. I remember really enjoying that. I reckon that. I, I must um, have been like 11 or 12 maybe when that happened. Yeah, well, yes, I would have been about 10 or 11, so that makes sense, yeah. And I remember really liking them. I haven't watched yeah. them in a while. But I also don't know that many people who do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fine. He's also a very brand-friendly content creator. Yeah, that's true. So that's probably why. Joe Sugg, get in touch. Guess on the show. <laughs> like... It's, um, like, we don't mean anything bad to Joe Sugg. No, we love you, Joe. Okay, so back back to this. Anton Deck, the ever-relevant Anton Deck. Um, love them. I quite, I Woo! like I like this exchange. I think it's quite a funny TV interview. Uh, Bill Nye has described the outfit he wears in this as his favourite suit he wears in the whole film. <laughs> I see why. It's, it's a good outfit. I like Fair. it. I'd wear that. What about when he's completely naked and just the guitar? <laughs> I think that's better. Well, that was, Once uh... again, no context for Ethan there. Yep, no uh... context at all. This was not how I expected <laughs> my Tuesday night to go. Uh... Nah, him naked with just a guitar covering his junk is great. <laughs> okay. Yeah, basically, well, now he we says, know he what says kind of a... person Lara is. Let's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just funny to me. It's, it's, it's a funny scene because basically a recurring backstory that you never 
you don't think you ever hear it directly from him? Like you hear it in the background of a lot of scenes when they've got like the TV on or the radio on. That he says if his song hits number one, then he'll perform it live on Christmas Eve naked. And then I, I like the fact that this part of his story is just taking place in the background. Like you see it on the TV yeah. in like one of the main end scenes. Like it's quite nice that they that they don't focus on it because he's the celebrity. Well, the Prime Minister's a celebrity as well, obviously, but he's yeah, I like it, and I, I I like Bill Nye's character throughout the whole film. I think Bill Nye can play any unlikable characters, and you like him. He's just got that ability. Yeah. But also, I'm aware that I know him as James from About Time for the most part, so I bring that into. I know every what you mean. I'm the same. Yeah. He's amazing in the Girl in the Cafe. So shout out to the Girl in the Cafe. It's a beautiful film that was made by the BBC and HBO. With Bill Nye and Kelly MacDonald, written by Richard Curtis. And it's all about the G8 summit and fighting poverty, but it's also a romantic drama. It's just beautiful and wonderful, and I recommend it. So, yeah, so at the end, he um, he writes on the picture of blue the phrase, We've got little pricks. I don't think <laughs> we have to. It. I don't think we have to bleep that. No, I don't reckon you'll have I reckon to. it's all right. It's a very British term is, as well. Yeah. And like this is distributed on an American network, so so he then they say deck deck apparently says this. I'm glad the note the transcript I've got says who says which one's Ant and which one's deck. Thanks transcript. <laughs> um, says there are a lot of kids watching Billy. Oh yes. yeah, it's deck that says it. Hiya kids, here's an important message from your uncle Bill. Don't buy drugs. Become a pop star, and they give you them for free. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do i do like the pause he leaves there where like i think it was ant or deck you kind of give him a nod and they're like a little smile yeah. <laughs> and then it gets on and uh i think joe hits his head against the monitor we've got yeah he and then, does and then you hear deck say and i do believe that's a commercial break thank goodness we'll see you soon bye i never noticed the thank goodness. <laughs> I, that, that, i've only noticed the thank goodness on the transcript i didn't hear him say that but yeah, it's a it's a lovely lovely scene, and I've realised the time. So, guys, what do you think of this this scene? It's one of my favourites. Me too. Mm. I love it. Yeah, so funny. Ethan, is it one of your favourite scenes? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I, you could say that. Yeah. Does it make the top three? Uh, is it top three? Yeah, <laughs> right about there. Some, somewhat. Yeah, there are a few other scenes competing for those spots, but yeah. Is that possibly the uh, Daniel and Sam and, and the Prime Minister meeting Natalie? It is. How, how did you guess that, man? That is <laughs> absolutely... Are you a mind reader? Could I hire you for my birthday party? <laughs> so, I mean, have we got any notes to, to conclude our time with Love Actually today? Just a quality nope. film, really. And I think we got some good minutes there as well. They were good. Yeah. So, um, Ethan, did you... It, it, do these scenes intrigue you at all in watching Love Actually? Uh, they they do, I guess. As as Katie said, they're very good scenes from what I can see, uh, and definitely something I've. Because if you didn't if you didn't like them, and then you heard people say this is my favorite scene in the whole, yeah, movie, <laughs> then that you'll have no intention in watching it. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> no, but from my. From me personally, I will uh, definitely be looking at getting the film and watching it some time in the later future. I remember when Yesterday came out, you talking about 
like you posting on Facebook how much you liked that. Yes, yesterday was a brilliant film. There's very similar vibes. There's even a scene featuring a Beatles song towards the start of the film. Yeah, it's it's worth worth watching for that. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) um, Ethan, is there anywhere on social media that you'd want the listeners to find you, or do you want to stay secretive? Uh, Well, they can find me on IMDb, and it's literally just Ethan O'Mahony. And if they want to hire you for any projects or find out anything else, they can always get in touch with me and yes, I can get them in touch they can with indeed. you. Okay, so um, Katie, where could the listeners find you? Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Katie Proctor, but Katie has two eyes. Um, and if you're interested in my poetry, then it's Katie writes, but again, Katie has two eyes. And is there anywhere they can... Your book's on Amazon, right? Oh, yeah, on Amazon as well. It's called Seasons. Um, yeah, Seasons by Katie Proctor. Search it up. There it is. <laughs> There you go. Whilst we were just sitting about talking about films over lockdown, Katie has gone and published a book. I mean, so. what can I say? <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Bravo. Thank you. Shout out. Um, I think you're the youngest person I know who's published a book, so that's that's good stuff. I've, I've accomplished um, a feat then. <laughs> what was it? Your, um, I remember plugging this when you did Two Minutes About Time, and I can't remember. Your episodes of... Oh, Almost Never. It's, Almost never. Yeah. Is that still on iPlayer? Uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah. There we go. Think, think, yeah, I was I was going to say almost never, but then for some reason I briefly got it mixed up with the film Almost Famous and got confused. <laughs> yeah, Almost um, Never. Your episode of Almost Never is on iPlayer. There we go. Um, and Lara, where can the listeners find you? Right, um, well, you can find me on Instagram, Lara Collier underscore official, also on Facebook, at Lara Collier, eh, Collier Music. Well done, Lara. Um, also on YouTube, um, just Lara Collier, you can search for my two songs, um, Moving On and The Happy Song. Uh, the happy song. Um, <laughs> but I also did post a uh, an original song called A Thousand. Watch it if you will. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for it get my music out but you know and, and moving on itunes moving spotify on. yeah oh, yeah itunes spotify all that jazz and yeah i think that's it there we go at some point we've got to reach the story as to why the happy song is called the happy <laughs> song because that was an interesting time yeah we really <laughs> should at some point <laughs> that will come up when we don't have a ton of time pressure so the listeners can find me on Twitter at Llama underscore Bottle Zero. They can find me on Instagram, The Ginger Luke, Facebook at Luke Allen Film, all podcasts, radio appearances, newspaper articles, short films, anything I'm remotely involved in is at LukeAllen.co.uk. This show is on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Christmas Act Pod. They can find us on IMDB at Christmas Actually. Thanks so much to everyone for listening to today's episode. Well, of course, play shortly the, the theme ch- tune that Ethan... <laughs> Can, uh, performed for us. I was going to say composed. You're not the Beach Boys. Ethan <laughs> performed for us. Um, and uh, we'll, you'll hear from us next on Tuesday the 8th of December as Andrew Lincoln phones up Kira Knightley, Colin Firth meets Aurelia, and uh, Hugh Grant dances. Love to see you! <laughs> Christmas Actually theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Christmas Actually is produced by Bottolo Productions and is distributed by Lemming Drops Studio. For more podcasts and blogs, visit lemmingdrops.com.
Thank you.